0: Hello, I'm Mary, and you're listening to First Pages Readings. In this podcast, I explore reading and celebrate books as cultural messengers. Each episode, I'll read from three books of either fiction, nonfiction, young adult, middle grade, or poetry. Hello, welcome to First Pages Readings, Episode 2, and thanks for joining me. I'm excited to introduce today's nonfiction books, each of them interesting in different ways. Let's get started. Today's first book is Just Like Us by Helen Thorpe. This book explores the lives of four young women whose families immigrated to the United States. To read the book is to hear the collision of personal lives and the policies that affect them. And a shout out to my friend Susanna who recommended it. As always, any mispronunciations, Are respectfully unintentional. The first page of Just Like Us. Three-quarters of the way through her final year of high school, Maricela Benavidez ran into a problem. Her father wanted to attend her senior prom. Maricela went to an inner-city public school in Denver, Colorado that I will call Theodore Roosevelt High School. On Friday, April 23, 2004, Twenty-four hours before the prom, she took a break from arguing with her father to appear in the school's annual dance recital. Halfway through the performance, Maricela breezed into the auditorium looking like a Vegas showgirl. She wore tight black satin trousers, a see-through white shirt, a revealing black camisole, copious amounts of makeup, and a liberal application of silver body glitter. Her hair was a froth of curls. It was intermission, and Maricela had come in search of her friends, still wearing her dance costume. As soon as she appeared in the audience, a group of peers moved into orbit around her. In their galaxy, she had the gravitational pull of a large star. One of the girls asked about Maricela's ongoing negotiations with her conservative Mexican father. I don't know what to do, cried Maricela. He still says he's going to come. For several years, Maricela and her parents had been worrying over the pace at which she was growing up, and the extent of her Americanization. Maricela was a straight-A student, AP chemistry, AP calculus, AP literature, Chicano studies, sociology, and dance, who also liked to party. She divided her time equally between boys and books. The question of whether she would be allowed to go to the prom without her father marked the latest in a series of battles over how much freedom she should be allowed. As usual, Maricela was using the conflict to entertain her peers. Her best friend stood beside her. Yadira Vargas and Maricela Benavides were wearing exactly the same attire, but remained a study in opposites. Today's second book is All About Love by Bell Hooks. This book is a classic. Upon a reading it, its impact is immediate and profound. Like opening a great gift of thought or experiencing a season of renewal. It's a book that's likely to become a constant companion. All About Love's first page. The men in my life have always been the folks who are wary of using the word love lightly. They are wary because they believe women make too much of love, and they know that what we think love means is not always what they believe it means. Our confusion about what we mean when we use the word love is the source of our difficulty in loving. If our society had a commonly held understanding of the meaning of love, the act of loving would not be so mystifying. Dictionary Definitions of Love tend to emphasize romantic love, defining love first and foremost as profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person, especially when based on sexual attraction. Of course, other definitions let the reader know one may have such feelings within a context that is not sexual. However, deep affection does not really adequately describe love's meaning. The vast majority of books on the subject of love work hard to avoid giving clear definitions. The next book is A Sideways Look at Time by Jay Griffiths. Reading it is like seeing our reflection for the first time in a lake that's clear and still. It's a meditation on our understanding of time. This book is endlessly interesting as the author takes us on a journey of cultural perspectives. The first page of A Sideways Look at Time begins with a quote from writer Michael Frayn. Ah, now, that odd time. The oddest time of all times, the time it always is. By the time we've reached the W of now, the in is ancient history. An artist, a woman, and a gridded screen. The woman is naked and entirely sensual. She reclines away from the artist, smiling a very knowing smile. And if he looked, the artist would see her left hand is teasingly, playfully, almost touching herself. What of the gridded screen? The artist has set it between himself and the nude, so he can accurately plot her measurements and proportions. So rigidly preoccupied is the artist with the grid, that on the paper before him is no woman at all, no knowing smile, no thigh, and no moist finger, just the straight lines on the page, the frets of a grid. Albrecht Dürer, 1471-1528 to 1528, made an engraving of this. The artist drawing a nude through a gridded screen. Looking at it once, it occurred to me that this is how modernity sees time. That we are so preoccupied with our gridded, subdivided constructions of numbered measurements that we lose sight of the gorgeous, lifeful thing itself. Modernity knows the strut and the fret, but not the hour. Time's measurement is everywhere. The gridded screen surrounds you like barbed wire leaving Washington, New York, London, Madrid, Berlin, or Paris. At the airport, every transaction, each ticket and money exchange is timed. Around Heathrow, as at any other major airport, there are clocks on corporate buildings and hotels, blinking the date and time, down to tenths of seconds, compressing time. Closed-circuit television times your progress along streets. Thank you for spending time with me today. If you liked listening to the episode, please subscribe and you'll be notified when another episode goes live.